Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 99. I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland, and I'm happy to be sat digitally next to my number one pod punk. He's got a bit of one called John Maloney. Yes, 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 yes. John Maloney. And John Maloney, episode 99, make me think of one of the most exciting years that you ever Mm. could live through. I feel so (laughs) bad for the kids that never could live through the Uh switching of a millennium. Mm. There was, I think about us, and Uh I think about the people that were living in the year 999, and how excited they must have been when Mm. things ticked over. But what they didn't have to deal with was the anxiety surrounding the millennium bug. That's true. Do you remember the Millennium Bug? Yeah. It was a, the, the, the latest new dance craze. <laughs> the Millennium Bug. Everyone was dancing the Millennium Bug. <laughs> and yeah, that's true. The people in 999, you know, they might have thought, oh, well, we, we're, we're going to be invaded by the Huns or something, but they didn't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> and I do remember it. It seems strange to me that there wasn't much reflection on it after everyone no. was just like oh well i guess that was either that was a complete misinterpretation of what would actually happen or we just did the right amount of safety precautions and adjusting of our well, systems i think, I think so like it, so i think fine. i think like all well orchestrated scams the scam <laughs> the scammers do a great job of uh, the, of there being no repercussions, and maybe just for our younger viewers, maybe we should, I can just explain what the Millennium Bug was if oh. you uh, if you don't know. Uh, essentially, in the lead up to the year two thousand, computer experts started to suggest that we all needed to be very, very worried because up until that point, or rather, at the dawn of computing, when computers needed to represent the year, hmm. they People didn't really think ahead, so they would just <laughs> represent the year with the last two digits. So, for mm. example, 1989 would be represented in computer language simply by the year, simply by the number 89. Mm. 1990e would be 90. So the fear was that when it ticked over to the year 2000, that computers would think it was the year 1900. Mm. And this was meant to cause all manner of disruptions to the earth. People were talking about everything from... Planes falling out of the sky mid-flight. Mm, that was the one that got people's imaginations. Nuclear nuclear weapons malfunctioning. Mm. And so this industry, this multi-billion dollar industry sprang up of people that were going to make your computer Y2K ready. And you'd mm. get that. A little expert would come around to your organization and they would tippy-tap on the computer and yeah. say, I think you guys are... Yep, I'm giving you the thumbs up. Y2K ready. And they'd put a little sticker on your computer tower that said Y2K ready and say, please give me $100,000. And give them 100000 <laughs> And what would they have done? Just gone into Notepad and typed, it will soon be the year 2000. <laughs> Dear computer, please don't freak out. <laughs> Go into Notepad mm. and write, Dear computer, please don't freeze. Save. <laughs> Save as file y2kready.txt. Make sure you hit OK and save it right to your desktop where the computer can see it. And then they do the Nintendo cartridge blow onto the computer Um, to get the dust out. Yeah. 
And then they would give you a little sticker that said Y2K ready. And they say, <laughs> that would just be $100,000. And, no- and nothing happened. Yeah, nothing there were f- happened. As I understand it, there were some isolated reports of malfunctions, but nothing on remotely the scale that was feared. But in the manner of, um, as you say, in the manner of scammers, it reminds me a bit of, um, you know, like business consultants who come along and say, you need to do this to your business. Uh, and yeah. it's going to cost you a hundred thousand dollars. And then you say to them a year later, it didn't really seem like what you were suggesting was a big deal. Was that big a deal? And they'd say, well, that's cause you did what we said. Imagine yes. if you hadn't done what we said. Genius. Uh, and of course, if it goes wrong, there's always something else they could blame instead of their own, uh, shoddy handiwork. <laughs> so it's a win-win. And John, it's coming. I'm coming to you live from mm. Berlin, Germany. It's minus three degrees. It's a bit well, warmer over where you, I, you. We always like to start off the podcast with the weather. That's how you know this. That's how, guys, you know you've tuned into one of the best podcasts <laughs> yeah, available. Yeah. Is when the host to, to, in the to, intro, to temperature check. Where the host straight away just go. Oh, it's been pretty hot down there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really hot today. What about over there? Oh, it's <laughs> cold here. Oh, that's no good. And then it's cut into one of your musical breaks from there. <laughs> <laughs> we actually can do that. Here, I'll just put it here. We need a... This is this bit's, this bit's going nowhere. Quick, throw in this thing. So, well, we've been talking a little bit in recent weeks, I hope you don't mind me sharing this with DPTMers out there about uh, your dating life, and I've really enjoyed <laughs> those conversations. And in the interests of enhancing your dating life and my ability to live vicariously through it, I did some research today, uh, and in fact did something, took a step today, which I hope will bear fruit in the coming months, which is that I applied to join what's called RIA. And some of you may have heard of it, DPTMers may have heard of it, others may not have. Um, the The basic idea behind Raya is it's what's known as the, it's been colloquially dubbed Illuminati Tinder, and it was <laughs> launched in 2015. This guy, Daniel Gendelman, uh, launched it. And it's a very lean operation. It's, I think, as of a couple of as of maybe last year, it only had about 13 employees. Yeah. It's very um, selective. It's invite only. And it was started as a kind of dating site and potentially a kind of broader socializing site more recently, but initially it was a dating site for creatives. And now it's become effectively a kind of highly exclusive online gated community dating club for beautiful people. Mm, celebrities, so, whatnot. Yeah, celebrities, influencers, uh, famous DJs, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you know, there's there's various, um, there's a lot of secrecy surrounding it because it is invite only, because they really encourage people not to talk about it. So it's very hard to discover even who's been on it, which I, which is quite fascinating. And there are there are anecdotal reports of people being kicked off it just for having public conversations about what they were up to on there and who they were dating. Yeah. Uh, There was, there was somebody who, uh, screenshotted 
uh, a couple of conversations on there, which you're not meant to do. And apparently if you do, even if you were to accidentally somehow screenshot the screen while you're on there, you get this message pop up saying you might uh, yeah. be kicked off the app. So they, yeah. they take serious, they take very seriously the secrecy component of it, the discretion, but people who've been confirmed to be on it include people like Zach Efron, Jenning Tay Tum, uh, Lizzo, Emily Radajkowski. Uh, wow. Who else? Ben, ben Affleck was on there before he hooked up with J-Lo again. Wow. Demi Lovato, your favorite. You might uh, be. <laughs> My Moby's, dem Your dem dem. Moby? Moby's been on there. Jesus. Uh, imagine Moby's little cue ball head popping up and <laughs> yeah, you're going to exactly. decide whether what to swipe. Mm. Oh, those those conversations would be fairly insufferable, I reckon. With all yeah, they mobs. sure would. Love your love your music, mobs, but yeah, but New seen... York, New York vegan, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not having any fun. Who else? Terry Hatcher, Sharon Stone, Zach Braff, Terry John Hatcher, Mayer. My dream. Oh my god, how do I get on, John? Mm. Well, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm preempting the bit. <laughs> how? Not at all. No, no. I mean, this the the objective of me taking an interest in it is really to explore how can we get our profile on Raya so that he can <laughs> come back to me and to the DPTMers and share his adventures, possibly so leading to his getting kicked off. But the question is, how do you get in? So, so Gendelman <clears throat> was interviewed by the New York times. He actually only came out of the woodwork as the founder of Raya when the New York times started sniffing around and wrote them a few emails saying who's who is running this operation yeah. and can we talk to them and he said look you don't need to be famous or beautiful that's all a bit exaggerated but uh a few years before he was interviewed in 2018 there was a there was a 100,000 people long waiting list so that's that's <laughs> when the app's been running for about 3 years and some people reported waiting months or even years to be accepted onto the app and Given the number of, there's about 10,000 people on there, or there was according to uh, the the kind of latest investigative journalism that I read on the subject, which meant that approximately 8% of people who were applying were getting on, which is like a worse acceptance rate than, say, Harvard Business School. So your, your odds of getting on are pretty slim, mm. and the process for applying is also pretty opaque. So I applied. <laughs> I went on true. this... I went on this website, which is all very kind of, which is super kind of minimalist. It basically, it doesn't, it just assumes you know what it is. There's no kind yeah. of like, this is what we're about. It's basically, there's, there's a few buttons, you know, press inquiries is one button and then there's a button for apply. So I applied and I gave them my name and my address and where I was born and my Instagram handle. Yeah. And okay. Um, all of that. I mean, that's kind of all they need to establish, I guess. The inst- I guess the Instagram handle is virtually all they need, don't they? They get to right. have a look at that. They'll go, how many followers do you have? Are any of them already on Raya? So are you kind of yeah. in, the, in this world already? Um, and what's your job? They ask you because they're interested oh, still, I think, yeah. in people with kind of interesting jobs. So I said I was a writer, which is not entirely true. And that I was self-employed but um but people who i mean people who are not celebrities have managed to get on in the past but sometimes it's a bit of a mystery to them how they manage it and 
it's possible to get fast-tracked, or at least it was until recently. It's a bit unclear mm. now. It's possible to get fast-tracked through a referral from an existing social media, an existing Raya user. And okay. it looks like what happens when you apply is, I mean, firstly, people say unsurprisingly that being a sort of named celebrity or having a big social media following is very, very helpful. But Raya claims to be run by a committee of about 500 members, which to me seems like an unworkable number of committee members. I don't even know what that would mean, but I mean, is your, is your, is every single one of those committee members having a look or how's it working? Uh, and it says, they said, according to one publication that reached out to them, that the committee is quote, full of diverse members in everything from age to race to sexuality. To ensure yeah. that biases don't sneak into the decision-making process, which is such a laughable claim, I thought, because, I mean, it's a, it's like a va- the whole point of its existence is that it's a, a, an elitist app for beautiful and famous people. And then they're trying to say, oh, no, we're very inclusive. Like, no, you're not inclusive. I, I'd go on Tinder if I want an inclusive app. This is for people yeah. who want... People who are better than the average person like in their the view. most exclusive thing that you could. I don't think they understand what the word inclusive means. No, and it's you know it's obviously based on a very impressionistic judgment about how creative or famous or influential or cool you are. But anyway, this person, this journalist on from the New York Times, was obviously given an account as part of a experiment, oh. and they were doing it, doing a story on it. So they and could they see Lizzo and Moby. Exactly. And... They said, yeah, I did see some famous people and they were all kind of being, you know, annoyingly self-deprecating in this ah. sort of hum- humble, braggy way. So had like a famous director who they didn't name, who just says, hi, my name's Pete. I direct things or whatever. You I know, mean, like that, this kind of... that, in its, that in itself is fascinating, John, because it would have a completely different culture to most dating apps where instead mm. of people desperately trying to prove to you that they're worthy... It's mm. people that already know that they are extremely high value. And so they can just sort of yeah. have kind of probably have to make themselves seem more relatable. <laughs> exactly. So somebody, <laughs> some famous actress was on there and her whole bio was just something like, it just said carb addict, smiley face. Yeah. You know, everyone, yeah, yeah. Everyone already knows, you know, it's Alexander Daddario or whoever it was, <laughs> you know, it. so they don't need to... <laughs> They don't need any convincing about that person's cachet. The skinniest, cachet. hottest woman in the world, car <laughs> yeah, that's addict. right. Exactly. And, uh, and so everyone's, you know, according to the NYT reporter, was either very attractive. This is the quote. Everyone was either very attractive or the kind of person to whom very attractive people would be drawn. Yeah. And then uh, they were having this kind of dispute with, with Gendelman, who started it, saying, look, aren't you just creating something that's, you know, for hot, famous people? And he was like, no, 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 definitely not. It's, you know, it's for creatives. It's about curating like-minded people. And the journalist said, which which I quite liked, said to him, look, what if I had an Uncle Tony who was a terrible-looking old man with no public profile and no <laughs> no Instagram following to speak of? Would, would he be automatically rejected? Um, and Gendelman said... Well, is he is he interesting? Is he passionate? Uh, and it's like, oh, come on, come on, mate. Don't, yes, he don't is. try to. Yeah, he's really interesting and passionate. <laughs> Still no. Why? <laughs> can he? I, can he? Can he date Lizzo? Yeah, please. Right. 
people would people would be writing into the to the app founders saying, "Why is this guy Tony on here?" At the, next, getting... at the next Grammys on Lizzo's arm is just old Uncle Tony. And she's going, <laughs> it's, just, it's just Raya, baby. It's just a bit of I Raya found magic. Of, found the man of my dreams. <laughs> so because it takes months or years, apparently, to get to get a Guernsey, I thought, well, I'll, yeah. put, in an app, I'll put an application in now. They're probably not going <laughs> to check it for another six months. So like I've got to be like the time. Adelaide Cricket Club membership. You have to wait for <laughs> 30 years to get exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I'll, I'll put it in now, and in the meantime, I'll do what I can to foster a coolness that I currently don't really have, try and <laughs> beef up my followers on Instagram, try and try and pursue a famous career. I was looking at, I was looking at uh, how, to, how to date celebrities, <laughs> uh, which has produced some amusing responses. And is there like a WikiHow article there's on a, that? Yeah, there's a WikiHow article on it, which I loved because it was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it was, and it was like very literal and sort of a bit stalky. It was like, um, get a job where you are working closely with celebrities and then, you know, um, get in their DMs and all this stuff, which obviously would just gardener lead to you (laughs) babysitter. Um, yeah, it's, um, so those, but I think, I think we can short circuit all that by going on Ryo and my goal is basically get an application in, get accepted, and then uh, you can get fast-tracked as my invited <laughs> Raya guest, and then I'll just discreetly fade into the sunset and you can knock yourself out on Raya. I can't wait. And the the real objective, of course, is uh, the thing that kind of spurred me to think about you dating celebrities in the first place is uh, Sarah Snook, who he's talked about <laughs> recently, who's a... Of succession fame, who's who turned yes. out to be from Adelaide. Yeah, and explain to people who Sarah Snook is. She, yeah, she's so married, she's um, she's set, ma- married sadly at the moment. Sarah, she's married but, at uh, the moment. Yeah, but this is all kind of long, long term. She has a taste. She definitely has a taste for funny Australian fellas. <laughs> exactly. She's she's married to a fairly uh, middle of the road Australian comedian, and. Probably when she married him, that made more sense than it does now because she's her career's really taken off, and yeah, she has played who? Uh, one of the one of the main characters on Succession, Siobhan. Yeah, the, anyone out there who's a Succession head, you know, uh, Shiv, you know, Shiv Roy, Shiv, yeah, Shiv Roy, um, and maybe you wouldn't even guess that she's from Australia, let alone from no way, you'd never guess. And she she apparently grew up. I think it's called Eden Hills. Is that right? Which is uh, yeah, I think I think it's around Belair, Blackwood kind of yeah. area of the hills because I believe she's mentioned Belair National Park. Uh, yeah, a, okay. Uh, in a couple of interviews, as a place that her family would take the kids quite regularly for a run around, and Belair uh, National Park, one of my favourite places in the whole world. My mum used to take me to Belair National Park, but obviously my mum done something wrong because I'm not a famous actor. Exactly. <laughs> Well, this is what's so frustrating is we spent many hours uh, at a house that you were kind of living in in Belair, and That's we true. can't have been we can't have been <laughs> that true. far from Sarah Snook at that stage. I imagine <laughs> she maybe she was already off getting theatrically trained. I'm not sure, but I like to think that she was just she could hear the peals of laughter coming from the balcony, <laughs> and she thought, "I wonder who those <laughs> cool guys are," but it wasn't to be. And she ended uh, up marrying the guy from the Toyota ads, uh, oh. and he was also in uh, the 
girling dust me selector music video. <laughs> I've such a good I've such a good eye for faces that um, yeah. as soon as I saw him mm. uh, as her husband, I was like, "That's the guy from the girling dust me selector video from a million years ago." <laughs> and but I would love to jump on Raya, Dave John, Lawson, because. I'm finding that the women that I'm dating in Berlin at the moment, they're just not celebrity enough for me. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, and even if you were to meet a celeb- German celebrity, I mean, that's not, not cream uh, no, of the crop, is it? Well, I can't, like, that's, that's not really going to give me any bragging power internationally. No, exactly. If I go, oh, I'm dating this woman who's big on German reality television, people are going to be like, I don't know who the fuck that is. I mean, I can pretty much, it's like Heidi Klum or no one. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, which would be good. Let's not rule that out. But until that happens, I think Raya's got to be ripe possibility. So if anyone out there, I'm sure that some of our DPTM are, uh, friends out there are the kind of people who have the profile that lets them get a Raya. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's got to be someone. There's got to be someone. Who's a famous, who's a, whoever our most famous listener is. Or somebody will, somebody will know somebody. And I just want that person to say to their famous friend, look, next time you're on Raya, can you just approve my, John Maloney's application? We're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to do something here. <laughs> I like the idea that that 500 person committee, I was just picturing... I was just picturing like Moby and Ben Affleck wearing stone cutters outfits <laughs> yeah, from the Simpsons. Right. <laughs> just and yeah, pulling out a black ball when the answer's no. But uh <laughs> but Ben Affleck got in a bit of trouble on there because sorry, I'm mixing up stories. Not Ben Affleck, but Matthew Perry got in a bit of strife because Oh the Pezza. Yeah. One of the friends was... of the show, Matthew Pezza Perry. <laughs> Matthew Pezza Perry. He was exchanging messages with a 20-year-old who who confessed that she'd never really watched Friends because she's too young, I suppose. And uh, and also because Friends is shite. But, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, come on, yeah. don't, you, don't you know Chandler? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she was like, I don't really know who you are. And also, you're old enough to be my dad. And then she I mean, just sh- showed everyone on TikTok his weird texts and he got all <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Pezza, what have you done? <laughs> even if, even if, I mean, I don't want to be cruel, but even if, if old Pezza Perry had said, "Don't you know Chandler from Friends?" and she said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, of course," and then he said, mm. "Look, it's me," she'd go, "That's not Chandler from Friends." <laughs> and he'd go, yeah, "Yes, it right. is. I've just, I've had, I've had some difficulties in my life it's that you a, can't imagine." And she'd go, it's been, a, "It's been a rough few years looks, for Chandler." Looks pretty rough, and he's gone. Yeah, look, I just can't resist the sweet taste of alcohol for forty years. And she's going to go. That sounds like the kind of date for me. And his love life was doa. <laughs>
So, John, one of the themes of Don't Praise the Machine, if not the key theme, certainly the theme that we went into the podcast thinking this is going to be the real theme of the show, and that is that we're on the cutting edge of technology with takes that you're not going to get on your average podcast. And I have been saying to you in recent weeks that it just seems like the rate at which powerful new technology is being put in the hands of the every man and woman, it's getting crazy out there. And in coming weeks, we'll talk about some of the technologies like deep fakes and a bit more kind of chat GPT and, and some things that are probably going to be that are going to very rapidly change the way that the world around us functions. But in, I think in the last, yeah, in the last week, uh-huh. I was, this is what I was saying to you. It's just in every week I'm uh-huh. getting, I'm finding webs, people are sending me websites, Instagram is suggesting me websites and they're going, oh, guess what you can do now? This. Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh-huh. what the, every week yeah. something new is coming up. So to, it's again, really, this, this, it's weird, isn't it? It, all, it seems like things are all reaching this maturation point at the exact same moment for some yeah. reason. I wonder if it's a kind of arms race because I, I wonder, I get the sense that a lot of these companies were developing their technologies for many years and waiting uh, for the right time to kind of essentially put them out there and monetize them. Uh-huh. And then a few companies have said, yeah, well, we are going to release it to the public. And then it feels like a bunch of others have gone, oh, well, we better do that. This isn't quite as ready as we wanted it to be, but we better put it out because otherwise we're going to get left behind. Mm. But mm. I'll, I'll, yeah, start, with the, sure I'll right. start with the fun one first. I'll start yeah. with the fun one before I go to the dark one. Uh, <laughs> Cause that's kind of how we try and structure these bits. Everybody out there is we try and do the fun bit first. Cause if you start yeah. with the dark bit, it kind of kills the, Everyone. the energy of the bits. If you yeah. just go, I want to talk this week, John, I want to talk about a missing child. Oh no, you got it all around the wrong way. Exactly. And people just go, fuck, if I want to, if I want to hear a show that used to be light and fun and has now gotten very heavy, I'll just put this American life back on. (laughs) So this was from, uh, tracklib.com. I think track, tracklib is a kind of website that musicians can use to buy a copyright free samples that they can use in their music. I think this is correct. And the article goes, John, the article mm-hmm. goes, actually, I'm just, before I, before I introduce this, I come up with a clever, uh, title for what I'm calling, <clears throat> what I'm about to describe to you is a broad, an umbrella term. And that's the, that's the ability of computers now to recognize voice, text, faces, music. Right. Basically you yeah. feed something into a computer now and the computer's going to go, let me tell you where that's from. And mm-hmm. I, I came up with a better name than let me tell you where that's from. Although that's pretty good as I've just said it. <laughs> Guys, get ready for the let me tell you where that's from revolution. Uh, computers. Are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling this the recognition reckoning. Actually, I'll do oh, that again. What do you think of that? That's pretty good. <clears throat> I'll do it with um, reverb. You, you could also uh, do it with recognizance. Recognize. <laughs> recognize. Get ready for the recognizance. Get ready for the recognition reckoning. I like this. Uh, I nice. say reckoning because um, because there's going to be consequences, John. Mm, yeah. This one affects me a lot and gave me and all of my 
fellow musicians out there a real scare this week. I haven't uh-huh. been able to sleep. I'm about to face me a whole lot of problems because this <laughs> says artificial digging. This is from trackleb.com. Mm-hmm. How Google's AI now reveals what producers sampled. And I'll just give, oh, I'll just read wow. the little, uh, just read the first paragraph. It says the days of hidden samples are over. A community of sample hunters discovered a smart way to utilize Google's assistant song recognition to excavate samples. Huh. So back in the day, before the recognition reckoning, before all these crazy computers got real powerful, you could chop up tiny fragments of songs. You could huh. manipulate them, pitch them up, pitch them down, time stretch them, whatever you wanted, and you could sort of you could weave them into your song and mm. They would be virtually unrecognizable by mm, humans. Mm. And to, to give you a sense of how unrecognizable they were, take one of the biggest, I would say the, 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 the most famous, most successful sampling act of all time, uh-huh. Daft Punk. Uh-huh. Uh, Daft Punk have transcended electronic music. They are just enormous and everybody uh. knows them. They've influenced everybody. So no greater would the magnifying glass be on the, uh. on the music of Daft Punk to discover samples. And so traditionally people have tried to do this with their human ears to listen Mm. in and go, oh, do I recognize this? Do I recognize that? That's a drum fill from something or that's a guitar lick from something. Exactly. So their album Discovery has been out for over 20 years, right? Over 20 years. Yeah. Billions of listens. Right. And still there were samples in this that people didn't recognize. Yeah. And then this particular group uh they call themselves they operate online and they they're so they they're a discord community discord for anyone out there it's kind of like an online chat forum so there's Uh a discord community and they go by the name sample hunting and their Uh whole thing is to try and reveal hidden samples that have previously gone unrecognized Uh and so daft punk for them is like the holy grail because Uh again it's just the number one act that's been sampling and they're so clever at hiding samples uh, yeah, and what they worked out is they can run tiny little clips of music into Google's AI song recognition assistant. So Google right. has a kind of Shazam-esque thing, but it's far yeah. more powerful than Shazam, which people don't really know. Oh. And this guy worked out there's a particular method that you can use and feed uh-huh. music in. And just like overnight, it started giving them samples that had remained a mystery for over 20 years i'm going to send wow. you John, i'm going to send you a clip and we'll post this to the uh dptm instagram i'm going to send you a clip of one or i'm pretty sh- i'm going to send you a clip of uh one of the samples that was discovered recently from discovery hmm. and you're just gonna go that's insane because this sample was so manipulated Mm. and Google somehow still unscrambled it somehow unscrambled it have you got uh have you oh so this is from I actually dj'd uh at a, at a party about two weeks ago and i played this very song <laughs> so this is from the sample hunters john i'm going to just send you this little youtube clip <laughs> and i believe this is one of these ones that was discovered by i can only imagine that this was discovered <laughs> By this AI, because I cannot imagine any human would have been able to do this. Holy shit. 
Wow. So That's it's that fit. tiny one, it happens once right before the chorus, right yeah. in the background mm. of Face to Face, which is a great song, mm. by the way, Todd Edwards on the vocal. So what's going to happen now? Here's what's going to happen now. Anything that's ever been sampled ever, like music is just peppered with undiscovered samples that nobody paid for and cleared uh. since this really became an art form in the 1980s through hip hop. Yeah. And now if you just use like a fraction of something that, yeah. that, that, that really didn't borrow from the original, I would argue, intellectual kind of property of the artists. Like, uh. I mean, if you're talking about like fractions of a second pitched up, and you can see now what's going to happen is computers are just going to go, oh, yeah. Yeah. That I'll tell you what's going to happen now is I'm going to open a copyright <laughs> firm and make <laughs> bank. <laughs> John Maloney's set sample ambulance chasing business. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's ambulance chasing. Have you been sampled? You may be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Come on, this is great. It's ambulance chasing. This is, I've invented this it's right now. This is excellent. <laughs> He's a sampulence chaser. <laughs> um, so that's just one example of what's happening in the recognition uh, in the recognition reckoning, and that's mm -hmm. a fun and light-hearted one. Is that <laughs> me and everybody out there who's ever sampled? I actually don't sample anymore because I, or very rarely, because um, because I started to get I, because I could kind of see the writing on the wall. I was like, this mm -hmm. is if I want to own, I want to own if I have a song that goes insane and makes like a b billion dollars i don't uh -huh. want to have to worry about google uh. going oh yeah you've taken like the t sound yeah. from an old like sesame street you've taken grover's t he said the word to grover said the word toast and you took the t and pitched it down a million <laughs> semitones and then stretched it and then and then cut it up and so yeah you, yeah yeah so you owe jim henson all your money I say, that's not in the future I want to live in. No. So that's fun. That's not what that's Jim fun wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get dark. Let's get dark, everybody. I sent this to John in the week. And I, this this one real grabbed me by the scrote so hard that I had to message John. <laughs> I had to message John. When I discovered this one, I... Guys, just so you know, I usually don't call John during the week because I have to talk to him for an hour for this yeah. show and that's enough yeah. for me <laughs> and when I discovered this one I texted him and I said you need to get on the line right now because what's <laughs> what I've just seen and I said is, it's not Tuesday fuck off <laughs> <laughs> you said uh, you, you said I can't believe my assistant put you through I've told her not to let you through except on Tuesday <laughs> Um, so I was on Instagram and yeah. this guy said, I just found a website that's going to blow your mind. Uh -huh. And before, uh, before I give you the name of the website, cause I don't want everybody to rush off and use it until I've done my bit. Yeah. I knew this technology existed, but I didn't know that it was available to me. And the reason I knew mm. it existed is because I heard a New York times, the daily piece on it last year. And that was from some kind of firm. And th that firm was offering a service to... Um, to law enforcement around the world, uh -huh. basically what they had done is their company had scraped the internet for images and video. And so what it had done is basically vacuumed up every picture that had essentially ever been put on the internet, be it on a social media site, on a 
on a blog, on an old message board, whatever. This company Uh had sucked it all up, had it on their servers. And then it had paired that with facial recognition technology where what a law organization could do is take essentially any photograph of any person. It doesn't even have to be a very good photograph. Mm. And the technology can look at the face that it's been given as the reference, quadrangulate quadrangulate, and mm. enhance that picture. Wow. And then what it does is it goes, it takes a look at, so let's say I fed it your face, which, yep. I, did, which I did. I'm going to get to this. So <laughs> you feed it a person's face. Yeah. It looks at it looks at the face and it goes. We know who this is. Let me go and see if we have any instances of this person in every picture of the internet that we vacuumed up. And then within seconds, wow. it feeds you back all the images that it's found and the websites which are currently hosting that or huh. did host that huh. image. So the repercussions wow. of this are vast and i'm gonna get into them now with a couple of examples because of course as soon as i discovered this i threw in myself and the first thing that happened was it said oh yeah here's the instances of you now i have a fairly light online footprint because uh, i've always been terrified of being too online but um the 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 most famous photograph of me on the internet was taken by my hairdresser about three years ago. We've spoken about this on the podcast before where a very trendy hairdresser did a real good cut on me and uh. she liked it. So she uploaded it to her Instagram account, which had lots of followers. <laughs> but just to give you a sense of how amazing this technology is, the photograph of me that the hairdresser took is essentially a side profile of yeah. my face. Right. So I, I'm not looking straight on. It's almost uh. entirely side profile. And when I fed this website my front-facing face, it instantly, uh. of all the billions of photographs on the uh. internet, it went, uh. it gave me two photographs back, both of which are me. So, wow. of the billions of, it's not like it said, maybe, maybe this one's yeah. you. No, it gave two back and they were both me. Fuck the first hell. one is my, the kind of DJ profile photo that I use on quite a few websites, you know, yep. which kind of made sense. This other one is this like side profile of huh. me. So the technology was able to like quadrangulate my face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back. Then I put you in and it yeah. gave me back your like barrister. It must have been a few barrister profile yeah, photos. Yeah, sure. Maybe one of you speaking at an event somewhere. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then another one that when I sent it to you, you said, I don't know where this is from. Mm. Yeah. And I think what had happened, because you mentioned to me, because I asked, you know, why why doesn't it just have every photo that was ever taken of me and put on Facebook or whatever? And I think that's partly because the, you know, regulations or policies that Facebook currently has in place as to who it gives access to its photos or, uh, you know, and, and how that happens means that it's not easy to get that stuff at the moment. Social, from yeah, social, social media, media stuff at the moment. Yeah, so it, like it, so didn't, what, it didn't give me back every Instagram photo of me that had ever no, been which is taken. which would be like more obvious. But in a way, it's kind of the result is more creepy because what it's instead done is is I mean, one of the photos that you sent me of me was is probably twelve or thirteen years old. It was when I was living in London. It took me a minute to realize that's what it was, but it would have been a pretty old 
photo that was probably on Facebook at some point before Facebook had those kinds of data protection policies in place, which meant those images just got scraped. Uh, just got scraped. That's right. And then put into some random cache on some obscure website or on some strange far-flung server. And then this technology is just able to immediately go and hoover them up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was. it made me very glad that I hadn't uh, put anything especially... Well, the stuff that... I mean, I, I was fairly kind of warts and all with my social media presence for quite a while, and I wouldn't have put anything on there that I was not prepared for everyone to see. So yeah. I, I guess, you know, I didn't think I'll just, you know, I'll, and I, and I'm, I wasn't the kind of person who was uh, putting things on rate my penis or, you know, uh, <laughs> sending, sending people photos of myself getting out of the shower. Uh, yeah. But John, a lot of people were, mm, a lot of people. And, yeah. And including some, what, Probably people with very senior jobs now. Yeah. It's very mm. senior jobs or a lot of people's husbands and wives. <laughs> so right. it's time for me. Don't worry, everybody. I'm going to reveal the name of the website at the end of this bit. And, <laughs> and you all can, can go, go out there and go fuck check. up your entire marriages. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my, I'm just the, we're just, look, here's the thing. You're going to find out about this eventually. So we just want yeah. to be the ones that, you know, we've got to be cutting edge with technology on this show. Don't shoot yeah. the messenger. So, of course, no. when I put you in, I put me in. And then I've had a I've had a great life. I've met a lot of interesting people. There's people who have come into my life uh, and then they've gone out again and I've wondered what yeah. happened to them. So I yeah. started putting those people into the program <laughs> just because I wanted to make sure, hey, I wanted to make sure they were okay. That's why yeah, I did sure. this. I was worried checking about up. their well-being. I was just checking up on them. I was concerned that they <laughs> had blocked me from social media. And so I needed to make sure that they were fine. And, <laughs> and so I put a few people in from many years ago that I haven't yep. seen. And one of the first things You're that came up- You're talking about exes? Is that what we're talking about? I'm not suggesting that that's what okay, this is. Right. It's much more Sorry. broad. Let's just yeah, get- Yeah, sure. Broad. I don't want to, like I said Let's to keep you- Keep it as broad as possible. Don't email me asking me if this was you. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I put people in. And the first <laughs> thing that came up- <laughs> Yeah. First thing that came up was- Somebody that I know from years ago who yeah. uh, who was at a fetish party oh. that had had photographs then uploaded to the web, to the internet web. Now, here's the thing. The person who had taken those photographs had password protected the, the like, the portal to get in. So I ended up going to this website and the, mm. the, there was a, there was a a website where they had said, oh yeah, like this particular photographer has gone and taken photographs at this fetish party, but in order uh, to see the photographs, you need a uh, password. But it uh, wasn't, it wasn't a very well designed site with any security. So that uh, the, the crawler had just found all of the pictures behind the password <laughs> wall. Oh, wow. So, and that's what I was being fed. It's like, oh, look, here's that person. At this yeah. fetish, at this fetish party, and it wasn't like crazy. Wow. The photos weren't crazy, but it was like that person would not have been happy that that. I don't think. Look, I yeah. don't know. Maybe like you know, let's all be sex positive. Maybe they don't really mind. I'm just trying to make the point. Yeah, that this is what's going to happen now with everybody. Yeah. And as you, so basically, 
anything that's ever, any picture of you that's on the internet, mm. and I'm so, sorry, I know there's a lot of people, what I'm saying, I know that right now, there's a lot of hearts. People there's are a lot hitting of pause right now. People are hitting, people are hitting the brakes on their cars. Pulses are racing. Uh, and I'm real <laughs> sorry for that, but this is, this is where, this is where we're at. Let me yeah. just give you the, let me give you bo- the bare bones and the truth. If there is a picture of you on the internet, I can upload a picture of your face, a kind of mm. shitty picture of your face, mm. and it's going to find that photograph for me. I mean, you, the weird thing is, as you pointed out to me, you don't even need to know this person, anyone no. that you have a photograph of. I mean, you could take a photo of a crowd and then go, oh, I want to find out what that person's online presence is like. Exactly. I mean, in terms mm. of stalking, let me give you uh. another example. Maybe, maybe there's a cute girl who works at the supermarket that you visit. Uh-huh. Well, guess uh-huh. what you can do? I could do this right now. Ne- I haven't, just so I want to be clear, I haven't done this and I yeah. never would. But yeah. a real sicko yeah, could, yeah, yeah. could be in the supermarket. You could be standing 20 meters from the cashier. You could take a uh, photograph with your phone, go uh, home, zoom in on the face, feed it to this website, and it will give you every single picture virtually. Like, uh, you know, obviously, as we were saying, there are exceptions with... Uh, you know, it can't necessarily scrape every single social media, but th- essentially this is what you need to be thinking. Yeah. Just give me every instance of this person ever on the internet. Bam. Freaky. It's freaky. And also like, what if you just went, what if you went for a job interview and then you left this the room the and they said, let's just do a quick scan of that person. And then yeah. bam, you've, you've worn a Hitler mustache to a costume party. <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. I mean... I mean, the only jobs available to people will be like Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and nobody wants that. No. But as you said, John, there may be one positive to come out of this. Beyond the stalking and the uh, the people's privacy being yeah. being violated in ways that we could have never predicted. Uh. Um, you've said something which, which I found quite interesting, which it may force... A cultural 180 where yeah. the very out of fashion gesture of forgiveness now yeah. becomes something that needs to be brought back in to the fold. Yeah. Because well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because, you know, everyone, because it's a kind of mutually assured destruction situation. Correct. Where, you know, we, we all have, well, not all of us, a lot of us, particularly those of us who were just unwise we were young we were using social media we didn't think about what the future held whatever there's so many people who are, will be in one way or another in that situation that uh we're gonna have to be a little bit more uh civil and respectful of each other i think otherwise there'll be no one left but trudeau as you say and uh he can't do every job himself there's going to be i mean the president of the united states in a few years will just be somebody where their video just exists of them when they were 19, like yeah. doing cocaine and, you know, having their, having sex with fruit. That's like yeah, yeah, just yeah. what you're going to have to have. Cause and yeah. both the Democrat and the Republican nominee will just have yeah. this and everyone will be like, yeah, of course. Like that's just, mm. that's just, yeah. everybody's got this. We can't, we can't, that's the thing. It makes it very difficult to put on this sort of squeaky clean front when that sort of stuff is constantly available. It reminds me actually of, um, uh, I'm about to start teaching at a, at a university in Melbourne. And one of the yeah. things that 
one of the things that academic institutions are presently saying to people about chat GPT is look, don't use it because, uh, you don't know what the future holds. And even though we are not entirely sure how to detect it now, or uh, maybe they are, as far as I'm aware, they're not very good at it. Um, we may one day be very good at it and you might get a knock on the door uh, and they'll say, can we please have that degree that you falsely uh, acquired from our university? Like making a hip hop record in 1991, John, with really obscure samples that were chopped. Exactly. Yeah. You all those never people known. must be. That's right. That's right. It reminds me of, um, shout out to Harley. Don't praise a Harley. He used to have this when, when he and I were studying law together, he, cause the thing about thing about law without getting into the weeds of the legal system is that if you commit a crime in a certain time, then you will only be, at least this is the case in Australia and probably lots of other places too, you will only be eligible to be sentenced for the punishment that was available at the time you committed that crime. So if you, mm. committed, if you committed a murder in the 70s and then uh, you're found out and charged and convicted now, then you're going to get a pretty light sentence by contemporary standards because we give murderers higher sentences than what we're used to in this country. And it's similar to this. Um, and, and so Harley has this idea that, which, which he put forward for comedic purposes, which was, but which I quite liked, which is, shouldn't it also be the case that you should only be eligible to be, for your crimes to be discovered by techniques that were available <laughs> At the time you committed the crime, because you you didn't know that DNA you was a in, thing. You went into the crime thinking, yeah, think you made it. You you ran the numbers in your head and thought, well, if I put if I put gloves on, the chances of me being <laughs> caught are very small. Uh, if I visit a, if I visit a small town where I don't live and nobody knows me, and yeah, I, and I and I take my victim in the dead of night, and then I, I dr- <laughs> and. And then I ride on horseback out of That's that town. Right. That's right. Then it's all going to be fine. Uh, or, you know, and I can, I can be a jewel thief and just kind of run in, grab the jewels and run out. I mean, what's going to happen? But now <laughs> we're, we're dealing with microscopic DNA. That seems unfair to those people. Um, so, so similarly, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an injustice that we're now in an era where things that you thought were left in the past and, you know, maybe one day we'll get so good at this that we won't even need photos. We'll just do a kind of minority report. Uh, we'll just be able to go back into your past. And your and brain. Into your brain. So, John, are you ready to ruin everybody's relationships? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me that website name. I'm the going website on there right is now. P, P for Peter, I for Igloo, M for Michael, E uh-huh. for electricity, Y for yellow, E for electricity, S for Sam.com, PimEyes.com. Now, in order to get the most out of it, they you have to pay for a monthly subscription, which is like close to 20 euros. But uh-huh. on the free version, you can you can do three searches of faces, faces a day. It will okay. give you the results but it won't allow you to click on the links and be taken to the original website to oh. you know to, to see and the photos are kind of obscured so you can't see them in full if you want to have the full experience uh, which I've not paid for yet because the don't praise the machine budget doesn't allow for it it's like 20 euro a month uh-huh. and then 
it will allow you to see the photos in full quality and you can click on them and it will take you to the website that is currently hosting that photograph. So guys, just use this responsibly, I beg of you, and have a real (laughs) think about whether or not you want to put your partner's name into the website. (laughs) Yeah, look, my, my suggestion would be if you're pretty happy in that relationship, just just have a go at leaving it, I reckon. Guys, <laughs> if your relationship's gone real well and it's full of smiles, maybe <laughs> it's best to just never, ever go to that website. <laughs> but hey, and I'm, I'm sure the temptation is, is, is high, but yeah. come on, it's just like a piece of chocolate on the shelf. Just leave the chocolate on the shelf. <laughs> And guys, if that's ruined your relationship, get in touch. <laughs> Don't yeah. praise at AOL.com. Hit us up on the Instagram account and say everything was going real well. Popped the face in. Saw a bunch yeah. of stuff I really didn't want to. Some stuff which I was didn't even know was physically possible. And <laughs> now, now, now I want to get the services of John Maloney as a lawyer. Yeah. Um, maybe my law firm can be sample chasing. Sam, uh, yes, sambulance chasing. Yeah, sambulance chasing. Sampulance chaser and what? And, 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 and Pimai's litigant, where I'll say, <laughs> Has your, have you lost your job or lost your girlfriend or lost your house because of Pimai's? You may be entitled to compensation. If you just go to John's website and... <laughs> Put in the put in the code DPTM. Go to the Pimeye section of John's website. He's got two <laughs> sections. He's got sample discovery yeah. and Pimeyes. Put in Schlag. Put in code Schlag at cart. Either you've used Pimeyes, either your face was discovered in Pimeyes, or you're an obscure seventies prog rock band that never made any money, and you've just <laughs> discovered that Daft Punk's one more what time. A- what a red letter day that would be. Contains fractions of your song. Then get in touch with John. Put in offer code SHPLAG. <laughs> and everybody, brace yourself for the recognition reckoning. We've absolutely loved remembering the Millennium Bug and the terror that plagued the dying days of the 20th century. Guys, it's not too late to ring your local desktop computer technician and get your IBM Y2K ready. We've loved hearing John talk about exclusive online dating app Raya and his attempt to be accepted as one of the members of that community. DPTMers, if you're on Raya or your friends of friends with a famous person, let us know so we can get that application 
approved and get this party started. And we've absolutely loved talking about the fun and exciting new ways that facial recognition technology is bringing us all together and strengthening interpersonal relationships around the world. We want to thank the makers of PEMIS for hastening the point of mutually assured destruction that will bring about universal understanding and love. As always, I've been one of your hosts and I go by the name Alexander Holland and I love being sat next to my number one digital pod punk. He's got to be the one called John Maloney. Thanks so much, everybody. Don't forget to stay prayed up and we'll see you next week.